Have you ever found yourself looking at an old picture of yourself from like eight to 10 years ago and you see yourself, you're like, wow, I look so skinny in that picture and I wish I could have that body now. But you remember when you took that picture, you were not happy with your body. You did not feel comfortable in your own skin. You did not feel confident. And so today we're going to talk about why do we do that? Why do we never feel happy in our own skin? Why do we put our you know, kind of feeling of happiness, our worthiness and enoughness outside of ourselves? And three specific steps to take action on that and to turn it around so that you can feel you're happy now and love your way down the scale. Ready? Let's go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do? but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I am so excited to be here. And today we're going to talk about something that is oh, near and dear to my heart. I hear this so many times. So I'm going to start off today with a story. I'm going to tell you about um, a conversation I had with one of my clients named Jennifer. And so Jennifer was saying to me, she said, you know, I was looking back through some old pictures and I saw a picture of a, of a vacation we took yeah, about like nine years ago. And I loved, I, I, you know, I looked at this picture and I saw myself and it's like, oh my God, I look amazing in that picture. I wish I could look like that today. And, you know, I, I, I realized that I, at the time, actually didn't feel very good in my body. I, I remember going on that vacation and worrying about what was I going to wear. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to stand behind my husband in the picture because I was afraid of how I would look in this, you know, this outfit. And but I look at that picture now and I'm like, oh, if I had only known, if I could only have appreciated how I looked at that time, I would have been much happier. I would have enjoyed myself. I would have enjoyed the vacation a lot more. And now I'm, I weigh 23 pounds more and I wish I could look today like I looked then. And I can't tell you how many times I hear a version of this story. So many of us constantly have that feeling in our minds of, you know, if only I could lose five pounds, then I'd be happy. If only this, if only that. We, we look to a time when somewhere in the future we'll feel happy when we lose the weight or we'll be able to fit into the jeans that we used to fit into. And then I'll be happy. And so today I want to talk about, first of all, why it's not your fault that you feel that way, and three specific things to do to fix that and how you can begin to feel amazing no matter what you weigh right now, no matter what size you're in, and how to gradually love yourself down the scale. So first of all, why do we do that? Why do we you know, place our happiness, our enoughness, our worthiness on something outside of ourselves on either the number on the scale or the size of our genes or how we look on in pictures, you know, we're always looking for something external to tell us to tell myself, am I okay? Do I feel good? Do am I do I look good? It, it's, it's hard for us to kind of find that within ourselves. So why do we do that? First of all, 
Number one, that's very normal. We are human creatures and we are born being 100% dependent on being accepted by others. You know, we we cannot survive without pleasing our mothers or the tribe, quote unquote, you know, to help us survive. And so as infants, we immediately learn to pay attention to what makes mom happy, what makes dad happy, and so that I can adjust my behavior so that that I can be accepted by my tribe of my family, because it all goes back to the primitive mind, like literally in primitive times in, in, you know, cave, caveman times, if you were not accepted by the tribe, that meant death, you would die. And so our subconscious minds are very programmed to fit in, assimilate, uh, don't, you know, that tall poppy syndrome, if you stand out and you're not accepted, then you're going to be ostracized. And that means death. So our natural default programming of our brains is to look for external validation. It's just that these days, we find that external validation in the scale, in the gene size, and how we look in a picture rather than saying, hey, I feel amazing about myself, no matter what. The second reason why it's not your fault that you look to a number on the scale or the gene size to feel good about yourself is because of diet culture. It puts so much emphasis on that after picture. You know, when we reach the finish line, then you reach your goal weight. That's like the end of the rainbow and the pot of gold. We are programmed, we are bombarded all the time with these messages from diet culture that teach us, you, you'll feel happy after. You'll feel happy when you get to that weight, when you get to that gene size. So is it any wonder that we constantly have this sort of dialogue in our brain saying, I'm not there yet? Because we're always bombarded with these messages from diet culture that you're not there yet. And number three, on top of that, there's the media, there's magazines, there's movies, commercials, you know, people on the news. We get the message that a woman's value is in looking young and looking thin and having perfect teeth. So it's almost like this perfect storm because we're hardwired to look outside of ourselves to the other members of the tribe to be like, am I okay? Am I fitting in? Is my survival assured? And so we've got that on the one hand. And on the other hand, the quote unquote tribe is teaching us all the time that your happiness is going to be out there when you reach the number and you have to look thin and young in order to fit in, in order to be valued by the tribe. And so, of course, we have this dialogue in our brain singing, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not okay now. But the problem is, we're striving for this version of perfection. And we fool ourselves because perfection literally doesn't exist on two, two levels. Number one, you know, there's Photoshop. So the magazines, the, the, the makeup, the images that we see on TV, that literally is not how the person looks. Um, <laughs> quick story. Uh, I had to take uh, photos for the book cover of my book, You Are a Miracle. And this was the first time that I had ever had somebody Photoshop a picture of me. And the, the original proofs, I thought, were fine. Like, that looks like me. And she said, okay, no problem. I'll just touch them up a little bit. And so she gave me back the touched up versions of these images of me for the book cover. And that was the first time I'd ever been Photoshopped. And it was astounding. I was like, that's not what I look like. Like, where did my wrinkles go? If you've ever had yourself photoshopped, it's quite an eye-opening experience because literally that is not how people look. So perfection that we see out in the media is not real. That's number one. But number two, we are human beings. 
the nature of being human, it comes with your your human card, is that you are imperfect. That is part of the job, that we make mistakes. We are flawed, every single one of us. And my friend, that is gorgeous. That is freedom. If you can accept that literally, I will never be perfect. And so I can drop worrying about it. I can stop striving for it because it's impossible. Then that opens you up to be like, wow, there are so many things that are great about me. I literally will never be perfect. It's like, okay, imagine this. Imagine I said, hey, I want you to strive to be 10 feet tall. What would you say? Probably you'd be like, that's silly. That's ridiculous. Like I, I'm i never going to be 10 feet tall. And not only that, but I don't really feel very responsible for not measuring up to that because that's literally not something my body will do. It is the exact same thing when we strive for perfection, whether that's in being the perfect mom, being the perfect wife, be looking the perfect, you know, having the perfect body. You, your body, your life, your, your human nature will never be 10 feet tall. And so striving for that is constantly, forever, never measuring up. And so if you can drop the idea of, I I need to be 10 feet tall, like if you can just say like, I am me and I got some things that are great and some things that aren't great. And that's part of this human condition. It opens you up to such freedom to love yourself as you are. Strive for improvement, but also love who you are right now. So it's no wonder that we measure ourselves by the scale and we pretty much find ourselves never me- never measuring up. And it's not your fault that you look at that, pe- that picture of you 10 years ago or whatever it was and say, I wish I could look like that now, but also remember that even then you weren't happy. It's, it's part of our human nature. It's part of our DNA and how we're wired to think like that. So great, what do we do about it? So that begs the question, when do we get to be happy? If basing our success and our worth, if basing our self-confidence and if my feeling of enough, if I'm basing that on something outside of myself, that always leaves me feeling like I'm not enough, then what do I do? Where do I find my enough? Where do I find my happy? Where do we find our worth? And the answer is you have to choose it for yourself and you have to choose it and practice it over and over again. So how? There are three steps for finding your worth, your enoughness, your happy within yourself. Step number one, drop the self-criticism. Okay, so a lot of my clients say, I'm my own worst critic, or I tend to beat myself up, or I'm really hard on myself. And that almost feels like a backwards compliment sometimes. Like, you know, I really, I'm really hard on myself, but that, that helps me strive to go farther. And I actually disagree. We think that being hard on ourselves pushes us to go further, but studies actually show that when you beat yourself up, that makes you less effective, less motivated, and less able to get the things done that you want to do. So for example, when you beat yourself up, how does that feel? Not that great. Generally, a lot of shame comes along with that, and shame makes us want to hide. It makes us want to just cower in the dark and and shame thrives when it's hidden. Once you bring shame out into the open, 
it it kind of dries up. It it doesn't have the same power on you. But when we when we shame ourselves of like I can't believe I eat, ate that or why did I drink so much again, that that makes it feed on itself. And those bad feelings feel bad. And our brains are so incredible at helping us avoid discomfort. Our brains are wired to you want to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And we avoid that pain of feeling bad. And so our brain is like, ooh, bad feeling, alert, look out, alert. What are we going to do to help feel better? I know. What is the thing that makes me feel better fast? What is that thing that gives me a little hit of dopamine so that I can feel better quickly? Because we got we to gotta solve this discomfort. Guess what? The things that the brain knows, has learned over the, in, over the course of time that makes you feel better fast are foods high in sugar, salt, and fat because they light up the dopamine centers in the brain. Not to mention that the food manufacturers now chemically engineer food to be like really extra super sugary, salty, fatty to like truly like zing those those, uh, dopamine receptors. That's another story. At any rate, your brain knows that food makes you feel better. So when you self-criticize, when you beat yourself up, that feels bad. And your brain says, we want to avoid feeling bad. We're going to avoid feeling bad by getting some food. So it becomes this downward cycle. It's the shame spiral of doom. You end up feeling bad because you're telling yourself you're bad and then you eat more and then you feel worse. So how do you drop the self-criticism? I mean, this is probably something you've practiced for years. It's It seems like a good idea, but it's not working. So how do you get out of that cycle? How do you get out of that shame spiral of doom? The answer is self-compassion. Self-compassion, I got to tell you, this is it's been an absolute game changer in my life. Self-compassion is you know, kind of what it sounds like. Basically, you offer yourself the compassion that you would offer to a friend. So imagine that a friend has is experiencing the exact same thing that you are experiencing. What would you tell them? Would you tell them, I can't believe you ate that? Would you tell them, I can't believe you drank so much again? Or would you tell them, hey, everybody makes mistakes. Hey, you know, this was just at one time. You, you got a, some tough news earlier in the day. Things happen. It's okay. You know, rebound tomorrow. Self-compassion basically allows you to be human and it you give yourself the same benefit of the doubt that you would give a friend. And literally studies show that self-compassion helps you rebound sooner, helps you make more progress towards your goals, helps you be more effective in your life. If you're ever interested in trying an amazing mental visualization exercise for self-compassion, try this. Imagine yourself as like a six, five to six year old, something somewhere around there. Um, envision what you looked like at the time. Like even imagine like what clothes did you wear? Like really picture yourself in your mind. Like imagine you as a little kid, you've got that innocence, that, that bright eyedness. And imagine that little you is feeling all of the feelings that you're feeling right now, the shame, the pain, the guilt, the, the self-recrimination. She's feeling all of that stuff. She's beating herself up. And you, as an adult, get to interact with her. What would you say to her? How would you help her get through these difficult feelings that she's feeling? I remember the first time I did this exercise for myself. It, I mean, it, I burst into tears because I saw myself. There's this picture of me as a little kid wearing uh, my t-ball catcher's gear. And, uh, you know, I've got my hair over in a barrette and, you know, just like total tomboy did not have a care in the world for like what other people thought of me. 
And so that's the picture I have in my mind. And I imagined myself as this little kid feeling all the guilt, all the shame of, of whatever was bothering me in that moment. And I imagined like having her come up on my lap and my knee and I would comfort her almost like I, I comforted my own kids because my kids were small at the time. And it was the first time I told myself, I love you. And I just burst into tears. And, and you know, this is like in my own house, like no, no one else is around. I'm just and going through this visualization. And so self-compassion can be a gateway to having a relationship with yourself where there's actually love and kindness instead of recrimination. So step one, drop the self-criticism. How? With self-compassion. So step number two, how do we begin to choose for ourselves where to find our worthiness, where to find our enoughness? How do we begin to practice for ourselves? I am enough. The answer, decide that you are the one that gets to determine how you want to feel. So imagine this, like, did you ever, when you were a kid, ever read those um, choose your own adventure stories? I used to love those. And so we're going to, we're going to do that right now, but actually it's going to be like, choose your own beginning. So imagine you're, you're on your way to get some coffee. You're going, heading to Starbucks and uh, you're walking down the sidewalk and you get to the door of Starbucks and somebody is exiting Starbucks just as you walk in. And this person holds the door for you. Uh, They see you stop freeze the movie, rewind, go back to the beginning of the day. In the beginning of the day, we have two alternate beginnings. Beginning number one is you're getting dressed and you look in the mirror and you're just like, oh, I hate the way I look. My arms are flabby. I can't wear a sleeveless shirt because I've got these chicken wing things arms. And uh, I want to wear my old pants that look really cute, but they don't fit so good anymore. And I feel really gross in them. And oh, I've got this muffin top. All of these thoughts It's almost like you put this cloud of thoughts in a backpack and it weighs 57 pounds and you're carrying this backpack of thoughts with you all day long of like, oh God, I just feel I need to lose weight. I can't believe I all these things. Fast forward, you're walking into Starbucks. The person exits, holds the door for you. What do they see? Pause, rewind the story again. (laughs) Different alternate beginning. Choose your own adventure different beginning. In this different beginning, you are getting dressed in the day and you want to put on a sleeveless shirt. And you're like, oh, hmm, maybe, maybe not this shirt because I want to feel good about myself. So I'm going to, I'm going to choose the shirt that I really love that. Oh, this, this shirt brings out the color of my eyes. And okay, sure. I could lose a few pounds, but my hair looks awesome. I really have always loved the way my hair looks because it's nice and full. It's one of my best features. And these pants I used to be able to wear them. They don't feel so great. They don't make me feel great about myself now. So I'm, you know, I'm going to choose a flowy skirt instead. I'm going to choose the clothes that feel good about myself. I'm going to choose to look at the things about myself that I do appreciate, that I do love. And you know what? As I'm walking to Starbucks, I'm actually appreciating my legs too, because if they didn't work, oh, I'd have a whole nother set of problems. So my legs might be a little bigger than I want, a little more cottage cheese on there than I would love but they're getting me where I want to go because that Starbucks is waiting for me and I'm I'm on my way. And, you know, life's pretty good. So you walk up to the door of Starbucks, person exits, they open the door and hold it for you. What do they see? The answer is that person sees the exact same thing. In either beginning, you could have that 57-pound bag 
a backpack of negative thoughts carrying with you, or you could walk in the door feeling like, hey, I'm pretty awesome. Either way, that person sees the same thing. So if it doesn't make a difference to that person at Starbucks or to your spouse or to your mom or your kids, if they see the same thing on the outside, it only makes a difference to you. So why not walk around thinking you're awesome? Why not stack the deck in your favor? It only matters to you. You are the one that gets to decide how you feel about you. And even if that person at, at Starbucks decides like, oh, you know, whatever they, judgment they have about, the, about you. First of all, their judgment says more about them than it does about you. And secondly, how much control do you have about their thoughts? None. So why not feel great about yourself? You get to choose. You can choose to walk around feeling terrible about yourself or walk around feeling awesome about yourself. The difference doesn't matter to anybody else except you. So step number two for where to find your worthiness, where to find your enoughness is to decide that you are the one that gets to determine how you feel and you get to program your own thoughts. All right. Step number three, how to find your worthiness, your enoughness, your happiness now instead of looking back at that picture from 10 years ago and wishing you could look like that, but remembering that even then you weren't happy, how do you ever find a way to feel happy now? Answer is appreciate yourself and your body today. Each day, there is always something that you can find about yourself. Now, warning, this is not about affirmations and just like, I love myself, I'm beautiful. We're not, a, you know, tr I've tried the affirmations. You can't put a, you know, a bit of whipped cream on a pile of poop and call it ice cream. That doesn't work. What we're looking for here is something that feels true and something that feels a little bit more positive than the negative thought. How do you do that? We do that with like stair step thoughts. So imagine you're at the bottom of a flight of stairs and you want to get to the second floor. You can't just take a one big broad jump and go from the bottom step to the second floor like that. I mean... Maybe somebody could, but I think even NBA basketball players can't jump that high. You got to take it one step at a time. And so if the bottom stair is, I hate my body, you can't go to the stop, top step and say, I love my body and everything's going to be fine. That won't work because your brain won't believe it. It's going to call BS and be like, I'm just lying to myself and this doesn't work. So no lying to yourself. But you can go from that very negative thought of I hate my body to something a little bit less negative. So instead of, I hate my body, you could go to neutral. I have a body. Instead of, I, I, I hate all of the, I have so much cottage cheese on my thighs, you could go to, I have thighs. If you wanted to take it a step further, you could go from that negative feeling of, look at all the cottage cheese on my thighs, to the neutral feeling of, I have thighs, to a baby step, slightly more positive feeling to, my thighs are strong. They might be bigger than you want them to be, but they are strong. They get you where you want to go. Like we said with the Starbucks example, if you didn't have them, you'd miss them a lot. We'd have other problems. So there is always something you can appreciate about yourself. So you are human. Part of being human, part of coming, coming to this human life is imperfection. And that is amazing. That is what makes life so interesting and beautiful, and sometimes brutal. 
And yet that's why we're here to experience not just the good emotions, but the whole range of emotions. You are a piece of the divine. You are a masterpiece, a piece of the master. God does not make mistakes. You are made the way you are exactly for a reason. And instead of wishing you were something else, allow yourself to soak in the way God sees you, the way you know, the way you look at your own child of just like, oh, you're just so gorgeous. Are you perfect? No, I wouldn't want you to be. God doesn't want you to be. God wants you to be you. Receive that love, almost like a hug from God. So quick recap. If we look at that picture from us 10 years ago and realize that looking outside of ourselves, you know, for a uh, number on the scale or a certain gene size, is that's not what's making us happy, then how do we find our happy within ourselves? The answer is you got to choose it for yourself and you got to practice it over and over again. How? Step one, drop the self-criticism answer with self-compassion. Number two, you got to decide that you are the one that gets to determine how you feel. How? Remember, remember the example of the person at Starbucks, a stranger on the street, people outside of you see the exact same thing. You get to decide how you want to feel. And number three, appreciate yourself and your body now. How? With those stair step thoughts, go from a negative to a neutral, and maybe even a baby step positive. Always try and go a little bit up the step Make sure it feels true to you and practice feeling better, even good about yourself now. So what is your one action step for this week? Each day, practice finding one thing you appreciate about yourself this week. Use all five of your senses. So imagine your body is the vehicle through which you get to experience this amazing life. Everything that is gorgeous and incredible about this life that you get to experience comes to you through the avenue of your body. There's so much about your body that you can appreciate using all five of your senses. So imagine the smell of coffee. You get to experience that because of your body. The feel of your pet's soft fur, the sound of the your cat purring. You get to feel that because of your body. The sound of your kids laughing, the sight of your partner's smile, the feel of sunshine on your skin, all of that you get to feel and experience because of your body. The taste something amazing like a piece of chocolate, the sound of music and how it vibrates through your soul, the sound of wind through the trees, the smell of your child's hair, all of that you get to experience because of your body. Unless of course you're like me and your child is a 15 year old boy, then that smell is maybe not something you want to appreciate as much, but you know, I digress. So remember, each day this week, your small action step, find one tiny thing that you can appreciate about your body and about yourself using all five of your senses, not just how you look in the mirror. All right. Remember, love yourself because you and your body are going to be together for a long time and you are worth cultivating a relationship with. All right. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.